I'm Anthony Kay, and this is Sports Fluent. On this week's episode, we're talking NFL, previewing the NFC West. The coaches have voted, and who's their pick for NBA Coach of the Year? The XFL has turned over a new rock, and in our WNBA preview, it's the Dallas Wings. Plus, in the fix, Major League Baseball, and it's bubble time. We're kicking things off with the NFL. I put out a challenge to you, the listeners, and you voted for the NFC West to be the first division that we preview in this year's NFL preview series. So, of course, you asked for it. You got it. So we're starting it with the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are my team, and we're kicking things right off with a bang to win this division. Yes, it's a bold prediction to start off the show. I think everyone can agree this team won the offseason, both in the trading for DeAndre Hopkins and in the draft with obviously my favorite player in the draft, Isaiah Simmons. But it's more than that for me. I think this is the breakout year for Kyler Murray. I thought last year he would be better than he was, but I think he takes two steps forward this offseason. Look for them to have a much improved defense and a very explosive offense. And I have them going 10-6 and and winning that division. To the Rams. The Rams are the team that will find themselves in the biggest hole. They're the only team I've picked in this very, very tough division to finish with a losing record. Why, you might ask? Their defense is still stellar, but I have a lot of question marks about their offense. And I am not a fan of Jared Goff. I don't think he does enough to get that team points to win the tight games that they will no doubt be in because their defense will keep them in every game. When they're facing their division rivals, I have them going one and five, at best two and four, which already puts them in a pretty deep hole. Look for the Rams to finish around seven and nine to San Francisco, last year's division champ. They're going to be in it, and they're going to be in it close. I had to go back and forth between Arizona and San Francisco. I was actually still debating who I was picking to win the division as I started recording this right now. But I got them a game behind, if not right with the Cardinals in terms of record, but the Cardinals getting the tiebreaker. So, I'm looking at the San Francisco 49ers finishing at 9-7. and seven. Why? Again, another team with strong defense and, in my opinion, a questionable quarterback. Although Jimmy G is better, in my opinion, than Jared G, I don't think he does enough to make him an elite quarterback or into that elite status where I think he would need to be for the team to win 12 or 13 games. Again, they're also in a very, very tough division, and they're not going to win more than maybe four division games. Four, two, let's call it. Lastly, the Seattle Seahawks. I always struggle with the Seahawks, especially considering Russell Wilson, since joining them, has only missed the playoffs once. However, their defense is going to be a surprise this year for those that don't think they're going to be great with what I'm calling the Legion of Boom 2.0. 
But the offense, again, runs and relies way too heavily on, on Russell Wilson. That being said, I still think this is a team that can finish 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. They're going to have a chance if they can get to that 9-7 and seven mark to get the second or sorry, the third wild card spot. But I think they'd fall just short at 8-8. Eight and eight. So to recap, I have the Arizona Cardinals with a much improved explosive offense and a better, not great, but better defense finishing 10-6 and six behind Kyler Murray's blow um, season where he's going to break out season. Um, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a huge asset for him there alongside with the forever young Larry Fitzgerald. I have the Rams finishing with a losing record and out of the playoffs based on Jared Goff's inability to score or to lead that offense to score enough points. I think the Todd Gurley actually departure is going to hurt them more than you think. Even though he was a shell of his former self in previous years, I think that will hurt their entire offense. The San Francisco 49ers are going to be right there in the mix. And unless something changes between now and the start of the season, I'm sticking with them finishing in the wild card spot just behind the Cardinals, if not with the same record. And lastly, the Seattle Seahawks finishing at about 500 and out of the playoff mix as well. Let me know what you think about the NFC West or if you have any questions or comments. And we'll start a new poll to see who the second division will be for the NFL preview show. I've said for about half of the season that it's clear that Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors should be the easy runaway choice for coach of the year. Look at what he has to deal with. He comes in as a rookie head coach. He takes a team with zero lottery picks. Zero the most undrafted players of any other team. And granted, yes, he had a superstar in Kawhi Leonard on load management, but takes that team and wins an NBA title. What does he get rewarded with at the end of that season? His best player, Kawhi Leonard, and one of his best veteran leaders in Danny Green, leave for the two LA teams, the Clippers and the Lakers. That's two-fifths of his starting lineup leaving. And what does he do? He makes the team better. Their record was better. Their defensive ranking better than the year before. And although he wasn't getting enough recognition and the team hasn't been given really a chance to repeat as champions, in fact, let's pause right there for a second and talk about what other coaches and media were saying about the Raptors' chances this season. Most of them had them pegged as maybe the eighth seed. A few even said as a lottery team. But what did he do? He put them right into second overall in the East, the third best record in the NBA, and two, three games into the bubble, they're looking like the team to beat in the NBA championship. But his coaches didn't vote him as the top choice for coach of the year. Let's be clear, guys. This isn't the media's pick for coach of the year because I've been hearing a lot of people complaining. How did Nick Nurse not win? How is that possible? He's clearly the best coach in the league. 
This is just voted by the coaches. And let's be clear, there's probably some sour grapes. He's a second-year coach. They've been stealing his defensive schemes. If you've watched the NBA this season, in bits and pieces, his zone defense is that he still has more to come, he says, coming in the playoffs. And it's tough to vote for that guy. When you vote for the Bucks head coach, Mike Budzinger, um, really, he's got the best or second best player in the league. How hard is it to win when you have the MVP of the league? It's probably not that difficult. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. But it's not a great, phenomenal coaching job. It's not like the MVP award. Heck, it's not even like all-star selection where you take the best players from the best team with the best record when it comes to coach of the year yes record plays into it you can't have a losing record and be coach of the year but clearly you have to have done the unexpected you would have had to outperform those expectations the bucks were pegged as the top team in the east they had the best player in the league if not the second best if you're a lebron fan they had, coming into it, the best record from the year before um, and returning all but maybe one starter. They were in a prime position as favorites to make it to the NBA final and one of the top two choices to win the NBA finals this year. So what did he really do? He did what he was supposed to do. He got them into first place. And will he get them into the finals? I don't know. That remains to be seen. But as a regular season award, he did what he was supposed to do. Let's flip to Billy Donovan. The OKC Thunder are exceeding expectations. He's in that conversation 100%. He took a team and exceeded what people thought they were going to do. After they made those trades, after they got rid of Russell Westbrook, they thought they were done. But let's be clear here, guys. They still have talent on that roster. They still have Chris Paul. He is a superstar player. He might not be elite. He's obviously seen better days. I'm not calling him old. However, he's still a great player. And their record up against the Raptors record isn't as good. So you have two coaches in Donovan and Nurse who both had pretty low expectations. One who had lost their superstar player, and the other, actually both, I guess, have lost their superstar player. But the expectations, I think, for the Raptors were lower. Let's call it even. Okay, I can see if the voting was close between Donovan and Nurse, but to have Nurse out of in third, I think, just shows you some of the coaches. Again, I'm going back to this, some sour grapes. So let's see if the media can get this right and when it comes time to vote for the coach of the year, they make the right decision and award it to Nick Nurse. Now to the XFL. Yes, the XFL, not the NFL. I know I don't talk about them very much because they're 0-2. They've tried to be a competitor to the NFL twice now. The first time wasn't horrible, but obviously didn't have a second season. This time around, it also wasn't really their fault, COVID-19 surprised us all and put an end to their season, causing them to file for bankruptcy. Now, if there's any good news that came out of this, is that Vince McMahon from the WWE and chairman of the XFL is selling the team. 
Now, it's not official until August the 7th. There's a bankruptcy hearing. But if everything goes well, as expected, the team will be bought by a group that is led by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes, the former WWE superstar, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Also, the main character in the show, Ballers. I am hoping, and my fingers are crossed, that he brings that same enthusiasm and excitement that we saw and loved in the show to the XFL. Now he's partnered with his ex-wife, surprisingly, Danny Garcia. Well, maybe not surprisingly, as they've also partnered on a number of his uh, movies and TV shows. She was on the production side of Jumanji, uh, one of the Fast and the Furious, um, and the show Ballers itself. So they obviously have a very good working relationship. She's very good at that side of the business, the film production, and I think it's going to add a great piece of interactive uh, fan experience um, to the XFL if and when they come back. So, again, the purchase won't be finalized for a little bit, uh, and when it is finalized, there's still no word on when the XFL is going to come back. They also have, as one of their partners, Redbird. Redbird is very much into or trying to get into sports. They've created Red Ball, which is basically a blank check investment uh, to try and get funds in to purchase some sports assets. So it looks like they're going all in on sports. In fact, part of that team is Billy Bean. Yes, Moneyball, Billy Bean. So it's an interesting group of people coming together to try and revive the XFL. I only think this will be good, one, for us as fans, Two, for the NFL, because competition will make them better. Now, let's hope that the XFL takes some ideas from around the world on how to make the sport watchable. Now, they already want to do certain things like speed up the process of the game. I'm assuming there's going to be more gambling involved, you know, uh, betting on plays and what type of plays, those sorts of things. Uh, hopefully to make fantasy a big part of it. I'm a big proponent of the fantasy side, especially because I know people who in my group that have never watched football before, but with the introduction to them of fantasy football, now watch two, three games a week by the merchandise. Like they're all in on the NFL. So hopefully the XFL can take a lot of those suggestions, those things that they know that work and some of the ideas that maybe the NFL is too mature of a league to change and do and bring it into the XFL. So I hope that they work out and I hope the XFL is back and playing very soon. Good luck to The Rock and his team. This week's WNBA preview is the Dallas Wings. They won 10 games last year, finished in 10th, and didn't make the playoffs. However, there were some bright spots. Their rookie, Arike Ogunbowale, is a scorer. 19.1 points per game last season, finished second in rookie of year in the rookie of the year balloting, and all of that was done basically the last 10 games of the season where she really came on. I think her scoring will only get better. Now, although they've made a lot of changes to this team, they're very young with a ton of rookies and sophomores on the team and a trio of draft picks in Sabali, Alari, and Harris who will really make a difference and an impact right out of the gate. Now, don't expect huge things from this team as they're very young, 
but I believe the Wings have really set themselves up for the future. The young roster, a budding superstar, and they're really going to only be slowed down in the upcoming season based on how quickly these players can develop. So if you're looking for a team that's young and hungry, take a look at the Dallas Wings. But don't take it from me. Here's what they say why you should be a fan of the Wings. When it comes to us, we are a very hardworking team. We're young. We have a lot of fire. We have a lot of swag that comes with us. So you want to watch a team that's going to be exciting. It's going to get up and down the court. We're going to have a lot of passion and uh, pride in our game. They're definitely going to be a lot of Now for the fix. We're putting Major League Baseball back into the fix this week because I think there's an opportunity to save this season. We know that they're having problems with their non-bubble approach. And it's not to say the NBA and the NHL are perfect. However, they seem to be in more control of COVID-19 than baseball. In fact, baseball, with the Marlins as an example, who have only been able to play three games, are in a real situation where they may lose or have to end the season prematurely and cut it off and just cancel it. I don't think anybody wants to see that, even me. I disagreed with the 60 games. I didn't think it was enough. I still don't think it's enough. I disagreed with expanding the playoffs. It's too many teams that are going to get rewarded for not doing much. I still stand by that. However, I don't want to see baseball stop. I want them to, since they've started it, I I need them to finish. So here's what they can do in a short period of time to get baseball to be able to finish and go through their playoffs um, as constructive. Now, one, I'd have to say, I'm going to reiterate this, though. They need to go back and reduce the amount of playoff teams. But let's say they don't. Let's say they keep everything the same for now. What they need to do is create bubble cities much like the NHL did where they have two, one for the Eastern and Western Conference in Toronto and Edmonton. Now, they're going to go late into November, maybe even December. However, you pick stadiums in warm weather climates or that have domes. My suggestion would either be to do this. Take two American League ballparks and two National League ballparks. My original plan was actually to have one per division. So one for the AL East, one for the AL AL West, et cetera, et cetera. And you might be able to do that for the regular season and then break it down to the two American and National League parks for the playoffs. I still would say that's probably the ideal situation. You take the players out, you get them tested, quarantined for seven to 10 days if you can. Timing's going to be tight um, and get them all in to this new bubble, get them to play. Now, I know the players' union in baseball is strong, but they're ne- they're going to need to give in on this one if they expect their players to be safe and to finish out the season. I don't know if they're going to do it, but that's my suggestion to fix and save this year's MLB season. That's it for another episode of Sports Fluent. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at sports underscore fluent. Are you fluent? You can also visit us on our website at sportsfluent.com and be sure to send in 
all your requests, questions, and comments to anthonyk at sportsfluent.com. Until next week, stay fluent.